Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I'm sure that you're going to want to stay tuned because my co-host and I are going to be discussing what foods and supplements help to prevent hair loss and also what foods and supplements help to support better hair growth. And my name is Cara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist and I have a master's degree in holistic healthcare. And, you know, hair growth and hair loss, they're kind of, they can be kind of emotional topics. They're really important topics for a lot of people. So we've had a, several requests to have a show about hair growth. And to be honest, most of our listeners actually want to know what they can do just to prevent hair loss mm-hmm. in addition to just having luscious locks. Mm-hmm. So joining me today as my co-host is Shelby Hummel. She's a licensed nutritionist as well. And she has a master's degree in clinical nutrition. So, hi, Shelby. Good morning. Great to be back in the studio with you. Even though we both have master's degrees, it doesn't mean we stop learning. We got to spend the day together yesterday learning more about real food nutrition at the Great Lakes Mm -hmm. Conference. And Yeah, Shelby and I, as well as our entire office, basically our whole staff of nutritionists and some of the teachers, I think, Mm -hmm. we're all attending a professional development conference this weekend. So we're getting really, really good pearls of nutritional wisdom (laughs) that we can hopefully share with you every Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was interesting because sometimes we... We're learning about, um, you know, foods and supplements to help with cardiovascular health. Or I loved the gut brain um, talk that we had mm-hmm. yesterday. But sometimes people come in and they say, my hair, my skin, my nails, you know, whatever's going on, on the outside, could that be an indication that something is off on the inside? And so when we think about hair loss and hair growth, that can be an interesting topic. A number of our clients are, of course, concerned about thinning hair. And to be honest, they're concerned that maybe they won't have any hair left on their head in a few months. Many people have heard about the supplement biotin and they think, oh, well, I'll start taking biotin. And unfortunately, after taking biotin for several months, many people are still disappointed. And we know that hair loss and hair growth are complex issues. So for many of our clients, biotin is just not helpful Mm -hmm. enough you know and if you're listening and you're taking biotin and it's worked for you i want to say you know that it's not impossible Mm -hmm. that could happen but most of the clients that we see that have tried biotin they're still struggling so we just want to give some more answers today we want to take a deeper look at the cause of hair loss and look at the nutritional connection to hair growth Everyone loses some hair every day, and the average adult head has over 100,000 hairs, but loses about 100 per day. So, you know, if you see a few stray strands on your hairbrush or in the shower Mm -hmm. or in your sink, don't be concerned about that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's interesting because the hair cells, those are actually one of the fastest growing cells in our body, 
But to be honest, they're often the first cells that are affected when you're not eating right or when you're suffering from a nutritional deficiency. So our body is is pretty wise. It knows that it doesn't necessarily have to feed the hair cells first because, of course, the cells in our heart, our liver, and our kidneys are more important for sustaining health. So it's really, it's one of the first tissues to be affected when we have nutrient deficiencies because the body is, you know, really taking those key nutrients to the other organs to help us survive. Mm -hmm. So we know that it is important to consume the right nutrients in sufficient quantities. So Cara, let's look at some of those key nutrients. Yeah. So as Shelby just mentioned, your hair cells are the fastest growing cells in your body. Uh, Again, they're the first cells to be affected when you're not eating right or if you do have a specific nutrient deficiency. Um, So a single strand of hair is made up of protein fiber. That's really important to know. Mm -hmm. Again, Mm -hmm. strands of hair are made up of protein fibers. So that means that your hair requires an adequate amount of protein to be able to grow. Yeah, so listeners, think about this for yourself. If you're struggling with hair loss or you're wanting to have thicker hair, more healthy hair, are you eating enough protein? Your body rations that amount of protein available by cutting off supply to your hair follicles. So if you're only eating a few ounces of protein each day, your hair follicles are not getting the protein that they need. And if you're not eating enough protein on a consistent basis, it is very likely that your hair is going to become dry and brittle. And it is important to think about this. And this is an important statement that we've made on Dishing Up Nutrition before, but every cell in your body requires protein for life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to repeat that. Every cell in your body requires protein for life. So your muscles, your bones, your hair, your skin, your nails, protein is needed for tissue repair and Mm -hmm. building new tissue. It's that building block in our body. So to make this easy for you to think about, your hair is basically made from protein. Mm -hmm. And when your body is not getting enough protein, you're going to see your hair growth shut down. Um, And hair loss occurs typically two to three months after there was a protein deficiency. Mm -hmm. You know, fortunately, though, hair growth can be restored in four to six months once protein is being sufficiently eaten again. So, Cara, what you're saying is I can't just eat protein the next week and expect to see thicker, healthier hair. Right, right. It's kind of like how it takes two to three months. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like your hair starts falling out. Like you don't eat protein one day mm-hmm. on a Monday and Tuesday your hair <laughs> falls out. That's like a several month mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And it's also a several month process to rebuild that growth once you start incorporating more protein into your everyday diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you were actually telling me about a client that you were working with who kind of saw this for herself. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I I was working with a client and, you know, we were working on some other things, but all, to, all of a sudden she said, you know, my hair is just really thinning and she, she was getting really self-conscious about it. She was mm-hmm. a woman in her mm-hmm. 60s. And, you know, of course, that's kind of the fear, like you mentioned earlier, like, is all my hair going to fall out? Am I going to have to get a wig and, you mm-hmm. know, things like that? 
So we kind of, I took a health history and discovered that she had had a surgery. Oh, it wasn't a huge mm-hmm. surgery and I didn't even know about it until mm-hmm. I kind of did some digging. Yeah. Um, but this hair loss started three months after the surgery. Hmm. So I believe what happened is there were some deficiencies yeah. that started occurring mm-hmm. because of that surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, And we're going to talk about a few of the potential deficiencies later in our show. But Cara, you know, as you think about working with that client, was there anything that you changed or anything that you altered with her meal plan um, that you think the listeners could glean from that experience? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first thing that I did touch on with her is what are you eating for protein? Mm. And she was a little bit on the low side, mm-hmm. you know, as many of our clients and particularly women seem to kind of be a little bit low on protein. They yeah. may not eat it for breakfast or lunch. Mm-hmm. They might be having cereal or bagels, things like that. Maybe for lunch, they're having pasta or soup. Or yogurt and fruit or something, you know, that's still very low in protein. Right. It might even like yogurt mm-hmm. might have protein, but it might just be like five grams, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. So I made sure she was having like eggs for breakfast, mm-hmm. um, maybe like chicken with a salad for lunch, in mm-hmm. addition to that dinner protein that people yeah. so often already have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when she was eating protein at every meal and we did add some key supplements that we will talk about a little bit later in the show. Good. And, uh, and it did really help in her hair, but it took a few months. Yeah. Yeah. took a few months for that to see that growth coming back. Yeah, and we know the dietary guidelines are recommending about 50 grams of protein daily for an average-sized woman. More for men, of course, but 50 grams of protein is about 7 ounces daily. But when we work with clients, and here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we've been seeing clients for 25 years. So we've seen that these clients need at least 100 grams of protein, which is about 14 ounces of protein daily. So Cara, when we get back from break, maybe um, we can help the listeners see what 14 ounces of protein would look like. Yeah, that that sounds great. Okay. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, we are discussing how nutrition or the lack thereof affects hair growth. It's clear that to have a full head of healthy hair, it takes more than just popping a few biotin supplements. Actually, maintaining healthy hair and skin and nails can be a very complex process. Many factors can influence hair growth and hair loss. Stay tuned because we will be talking about foods to include, foods to avoid, and some key supplements. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today, we're talking about nutrients for hair growth and to prevent hair loss. For many health issues, you know, including hair, it takes more than just adding a vitamin or a key supplement. There's no magic pill. And it takes changing your diet altogether. This fall, to help you change your diet, we are offering five very important 90-minute classes at each of our seven office locations for the low price of $10 per class. If you're having pain and inflammation, we have the class for you. If you're having digestive problems, we also have the perfect class for you. Many people are signing up for all five classes to learn helpful information and to get support. Just remember, when you know more, you can do better. Call 651-699-3438, that's our office number, 
or you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com. You can sign up there today. And I am so excited because we have had some of those classes offered out in the Wyzetta office already. And the energy that people bring into the office Uh when they're excited about learning, you know, what sort of foods can keep me on track through the holidays or I'm I'm teaching one of the classes one of the newer classes about um, nutrition to address cold and flu season oh that's a good one when people do when people feel like they are coming in and learning something that they can implement it is really exciting to see and that's just to let listeners know that our local that's Mm -hmm. where Shelby practices at our office, and she teaches there as well Lovely. So, Cara, before we went to break, we were talking about the typical um, recommendation for protein for women specifically Mm -hmm. is about 50 grams of protein a day, which is only about seven ounces. So we were hoping to give people some ideas of what 100 grams of protein, more of what we recommend for tissue regrowth, specifically hair in this case, Mm -hmm. um, really looking at 14 ounces of protein. So you don't sit down at dinner and eat a 14-ounce steak. Although right. And you wouldn't want really to. Good. <laughs> I mean, right. There is something to be said for spreading it out, though, because mm-hmm. we don't have time to get into too much detail on this today. But even, you know, excess protein at any one given time can kind of act like a carbohydrate and could create a bit imbalance stored in the body as fat mm-hmm. or, you know, we just don't need that much at once. So... Mm-hmm. But this is kind of what 14 ounces would look like in a typical day. So let's just say you had two eggs for breakfast. Well, first of all, that's two ounces. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that one egg, a medium-sized egg, medium to large, is about one ounce of protein. Mm -hmm. So if you're having one egg, that's kind of a low-protein breakfast. Mm -hmm. Even two. I mean, two is better, but we would recommend, you know, working up to two eggs and one ounce of sausage. Maybe. That's actually what I do personally because I can maybe only have one or two eggs, but I know that if I have some uncured bacon or if I have a couple pieces of um, breakfast sausage, I love the turkey breakfast sausage mm-hmm. recipe from our cookbook, but having a little bit of the egg and the sausage or the high quality bacon. That makes it a little bit easier for me to get more protein in the morning. I think that's a great tip because some people are thinking, oh, I, I couldn't eat three eggs or four mm-hmm. eggs, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we understand that. We're yeah. the same way. And you were right. <laughs> One egg is not enough protein for women or men in the morning. Right, right. It's like my daughter enough. eats two eggs and she's seven. <laughs> well, she eats a lot. Anyway. <laughs> Good <But> nutrition. So, <laughs> so two eggs and an ounce of nitrate-free bacon. Mm-hmm or turkey or chicken sausage, that would equal three ounces. Mm -hmm. Then let's say you got to mid-morning and you were going to have a snack. If you had two ounces of nitrate-free deli meat, you're already up to five ounces of protein for the day. Mm -hmm. What about lunch? So you get to lunch and, you know, this is important to be trying to get, I'd say, three to four ounces. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have chicken. You might have tuna. Mm -hmm. You could have it on a salad. You're up to nine ounces then. And then you know, not only are you getting protein for your hair, but getting that three to four ounces of protein at lunch, Mm -hmm. that's the energy boost to get you through the rest of your day. So think, listeners, are you having low energy in the afternoon? I mean, we're kind of going a little bit further than hair growth, but knowing that 
that protein provides a lot of support right. for our health. Not I think just that's our a hair. good point. It's not it I mean, today our topic is hair, but there's so many benefits of spreading out protein throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Moods. Mm-hmm. If you struggle with low moods, that's another thing. You know, the more you can incorporate protein every few hours, mm-hmm. you're helping your neurotransmitters. And- you're providing building blocks. For serotonin, mm-hmm. dopamine. Yep. And think like about, Kara, yesterday one of our speakers um, was talking specifically about, you know, neurology and kind of that gut-brain connection. And he said very specifically that fasting is not a good option for most people. Mm-hmm. He said that actually to keep those brain chemicals and to support the metabolism there are people who need to be eating more frequently throughout the day because it's that low blood sugar or hypoglycemia that can create some imbalances. And I thought that was yeah, I thought that was interesting interesting too. I mean, I think you kind of know if you're fasting and whether it's working for you or not. If you have, if you're trying some form of intermittent fasting or something, and you have Mm -hmm. low energy, low moods, yeah, your hair is falling out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not working for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so let's kind of, we'll get back to what the 14 ounces looks like in a day. Yeah, We were at nine ounces. We were at, at nine by lunch. At lunch. Yep. Uh, so we've already had it for breakfast, mid-morning snack and lunch. If you are someone that does eat two snacks per day, you could incorporate a half cup of full fat cottage cheese as a, you know, maybe like a 3 p.m. snack. Mm-hmm. And then for dinner, if you had even just three ounce steak, three to four ounce steak, that's 14 to 15 ounces total of protein mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 14 ounces of protein may sound like a lot, but really for those of you who are serious about regrowing your hair, I have to remind you, a single strand of hair is made up of protein fiber. So your hair requires that adequate amount of protein each day, spreading that out, mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, dinner, and, and snacks. And when losing your hair becomes a problem, we need to help you put the puzzle, the pieces of the puzzle together Mm -hmm. to help determine the reason, the root cause of your hair loss. Mm -hmm. So this might come as a surprise to you, but the most common cause of hair loss in women is iron deficiency. Could that be because most women are not eating enough protein? It certainly could be because (laughs) that's the number one food that Mm -hmm. contains protein. Mm -hmm. Or excuse Mm -hmm. me, contains iron is protein. Mm -hmm. Exactly. When your blood doesn't have enough red blood cells to transport oxygen to give you energy, your hair growth will actually suffer. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's those hair follicles that we were talking about earlier that require a considerable amount of iron. And that's really why iron deficiency is one of the most common connections to hair loss. According to the World Health Organization, Over 30% of the world population is deficient in iron. And there are a few tests that you can have your doctor run to determine if you are deficient in iron. And the first one that we recommend for our clients is getting your hemoglobin level tested. And according to Mayo Clinic, the normal range for women is between 12 and 15. But we find that most women feel best even in that range of like 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're a healthy woman and you're losing hair, it just may be due to an iron deficiency. But if you're feeling tired, weak, kind of like brain fog, 
it might be wise to have an, another iron test taken. So we often suggest having your iron storage tested. This is called ferritin test. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a blood test. Simple blood test. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. It's, again, ferritin. It's the iron storage protein of the body. So testing ferritin is really going to measure what is what's in your body. Mm-hmm. Kind of that backup generator. I think of it's kind of your backup stores right. of iron. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so iron is responsible and critical for maintaining energy. We need it for thyroid function and mm-hmm. we definitely need it for proper hair growth. Yeah, definitely. So we'll talk more about iron and specifically a little bit more about what those ferritin levels look like, but um, we're going to go to our second break. So if you're just tuning in, thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. On November 10th, we want to remind you that that is the date of our upcoming menopause survival seminar. So if you've been looking for information to help you get through perimenopause, menopause, or even postmenopausal symptoms without it being stressful, look no more. Our one-day menopause survival seminar will give you those valuable solutions to the most frustrating symptoms, right? The hot flashes, the sleepless nights, the covers on and off and mood swings, weight gain, and so much more. Besides getting all your questions answered and learning some great information, we also serve tasty snacks and a delicious organic balanced lunch. So what are you waiting for? Call our office 651-699-3438 to reserve your seat, or you can go online at weightandwellness.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today's topic is nutrients for hair growth and to prevent hair loss. And I'm Cara Carper. I'm here with Shelby Hummel. We're both licensed nutritionists. And we were talking earlier about how protein is the most important nutrient for hair growth, mm-hmm. for all tissue growth and repair. But every cell needs that every protein. Every cell in our bodies. Mm-hmm. There are other things that our hair needs, and essential fatty acids are also very important. So we're going to go over, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about some supplements mm-hmm. that could be very helpful in addition to diet. We so, always, mm-hmm. we want to start with food, get the protein in, of course, vegetables and healthy fats as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But if you're already doing that, um, we have some other things that can speed up the process for you. If yep. you have some thinning hair, some hair loss. Specifically, some of those key nutrients that... We're getting from food, but maybe we need in a little bit higher dose to to support our body. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And some of these things could be a little bit difficult to get from food. And I think that's why people tend to be deficient. The first one is, um, it's an omega-6 essential fatty acid, GLA, mm-hmm. gamma linoleic acid. Mm-hmm. And we recommend taking... Three to six of these soft gel capsules every day. Mm-hmm. Not everybody would need that much, but if you want your hair to grow, you're you're going to need that quantity of three to six soft gels per day. Yep. It's great for skin, hair, nails. It's great for hormones. Mm-hmm. Women love that. When I talk about GLA in classes, it's like they make a beeline for the supplement shelf and they say, wow. My my nails aren't cracking yeah. anymore or they notice that their skin is is radiant. 
Yeah. It is. It's one it's of wonderful. those fats that that really nourishes those tissues. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense that women and men included who are wanting to have um, stronger hair, more hair regrowth, including that omega-6 GLA. Right, so that is GLA. What about another essential fat? Another essential fatty acid that is pretty difficult to get from our food sources. It's, well, it's cod liver oil. Mm -hmm. So in cod liver oil, you're going to have some omega-3 fatty acids. But the great thing about cod liver oil is you also get your vitamin A. Mm -hmm. and You're going to get some vitamin D. Mm -hmm. So the cod liver oil, and we carry all of these at our office, by the way, so... The one that I'm referring to, it would be two teaspoons would be the amount to take per day to and that, promote yep. hair growth. And that's the omega-3 care. And like you Thank said, you. that is the cod liver oil. It has a little bit of vitamin A in there and vitamin D. And I actually have to, I was telling you, my grandpa was been has always been really interested in nutrition and health. And I even showed you the little book of his that I found yeah. the natural way to beauty and health and from 1968 from 1968. So I know my grandpa's listening this morning. Good morning, grandpa Dick. Thanks for all your nutrition <laughs> advice along the years. But I remember when I was younger, um, my grandpa would always recommend vitamin A and vitamin E. He knew that really? those fat soluble vitamins were really important for our immune system. Rebuilding Ourselves. I feel like he was ahead of his time. Or totally. <laughs> totally. And he just turned he 80 pioneer. this year and as healthy as a horse, he actually has a full head of hair too. So wow. you know what's going on in the inside so cool, Shelby. is healthy. Yeah. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. So on that note, vitamin E is another fatty acid that's super important for hair growth. And we would recommend 400 It's measured in IU, International Mm -hmm, Units, mm -hmm. 400 of those per day for hair growth. And actually, vitamin E is a great antioxidant as Mm -hmm, well. mm -hmm. So actually, I wanted to read you a little bit more about vitamin E. I've got my Nourishing Traditions book from Sally Fallon and Dr. Mary Enig. We, We know that they have been such great advocates in eating real fats, um, so looking at vitamin E, it's actually a fat-soluble vitamin that's needing, that is needed for tissue repair, circulation, and healing. And I think that's really interesting because when we think about healing and circulation, right, we need that blood flow into mm-hmm. the scalp to support those follicles. Yeah, that's great information. Kind of a good add-on as far as how it's getting to the root cause mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the problem of yeah. hair loss. Yeah, uh, We just have two more. <laughs> Vitamin C, another wonderful antioxidant that, you know, we can get that from our diet, but sometimes it's very helpful just to take some extra vitamin C. Mm-hmm. A thousand milligrams per day is recommended for collagen production. Right. So vitamin C and that protein work together. So we have strong tissues. Mm-hmm. What about uh, like a multivitamin? Would you recommend a multivitamin for your yeah, clients? Yeah, I would recommend a high quality multivitamin. The one that is really easy for our clients to take It's called twice a day Mm -hmm. and it literally (laughs) take two capsules per day Mm -hmm. of this high quality multivitamin that is very high in B vitamins essential for hair growth. Mm -hmm. So everything that we just talked about is at our offices. It's also on our website under the link 
vitamins if you go to weightandwellness.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we just want to remind you, you know, as nutritionists, we always have to have the disclaimer. You cannot out supplement a poor diet. So if you're having a bad hair day, <laughs> if you're concerned with thinning hair, we would encourage you to make an appointment with one of our wonderful weight and wellness nutritionists. That way you can get on a personal, individualized plan to restore your hair growth because it all has to start with a well-balanced diet. Mm -hmm. And so call 651-699-3438 and they can get you set up with a nutritionist. Well, and one of the things your nutritionist will help you do is kind of dig a little bit deeper and see, well, is it that you're missing nutrients are you not eating enough protein do we need to have some additional test run like before we went to break cara we were talking about iron and specifically that ferritin Mm -hmm. and you had mentioned you know ferritin is the major storage form of iron in our body and when we think about iron we know that that's so important in maintaining our energy levels maintaining thyroid function and promoting proper hair growth so For those of you listening, that means that knowing your ferritin level is very important, especially if you have thinning hair and no energy. So in addition to thinking about poor hair growth, if your ferritin levels are low, you may experience fatigue or dizziness, chronic headaches, or just generalized um, weakness. For some of my clients, they complain of ringing in the ears or irritability or Mm -hmm. even shortness of breath. So think about if you have another symptom that's kind of popped up recently, maybe it was after a surgery or after a stressful time in your life, but maybe you just can't tolerate exercise like you could in the past because now you have that reduced oxygen being delivered to the cells. That's actually a deficiency in iron. Mm -hmm. So if you have a loss of energy from low iron, specifically having low storage form of iron that ferritin it's usually you know consistent with a hard time exercising right or even just going up and down the stairs and we hear that from our clients too it's mm-hmm. like gosh i can't even get it through a workout and i used to be fine mm-hmm. you know we recommend getting that ferritin mm-hmm. checked so one question that we often hear is can i what if my hemoglobin is normal Can I still have a low ferritin? And the answer is yes, most definitely. Ferritin levels, it's a really wide range that you're going to see on a standard lab. Mm -hmm. So let's say you get your ferritin tested. You're going to see a range of normal that says 10 is normal all the way up to 150 is normal. But I have to tell you, and I'll maybe I'll share after break my personal story with yeah, Ferritin. Yeah, we would love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even with working with clients, we find that people feel the best when their levels are around 70. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've had clients with ferritin levels super low, you know, 5 to 10. And they just don't feel well. They're fatigued. They have difficulty remembering things. They feel kind of weak. Mm-hmm. And like you had even mentioned, it might be hard to walk up a flight of stairs without kind of losing your breath and mm-hmm. feeling exhausted. Mm-hmm. They just feel like their legs are so heavy. You know, they can't, can't yeah, make it through the day. That's a great mm-hmm. way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Like kind of that heavy mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. So, well, we are actually going to... Um, take our third break here. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. With the holiday season... Coming up quickly, 
I know you are all you are all cringing at that. I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> Many of us are actually concerned about how we can get through the holidays, those stressful times of the year without getting a cold or a flu that's going to ruin all the holiday fun. So many of you want to know how to eat to support your immune system. So let me suggest taking one of our $10 classes called Nutrition to Get You Through the Cold and Flu Season. This class is available for only $10 now through November 15th at all of our seven locations. I will shamelessly plug that I am teaching the one in Wyzetta. I believe it's on Saturday, November 10th, but you can call the office. The gals of the office will get you all squared away. Um, get in touch with them by calling 651-699-3438. Or as always, you can get on our website at weightandwellness.com. We'll be right back. You probably think that you are better now. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today, as you are listening to our discussion about hair growth and hair loss, you might be saying to yourself, my thinning hair problem is so much more complex than just a lack of protein that these girls are talking about. (laughs) Maybe it's related to a medication you're taking Mm -hmm. or to a stressful life event. You may need more suggestions and recommendations than we have time to cover on this one hour show. We wish we had more time. So if that's the case, you know, we have more information. We just don't have more than an hour to share with you today. So we recommend that you make an appointment with a nutritionist and you can get all of your concerns addressed and get the solutions that you need. So I think we've said that before the show today, Mm -hmm. today, but you can call 651-699-3438 to schedule an appointment. And we know, Cara, like what we were mentioning before we went to break, low iron levels are often connected for women specifically to hair loss. And so when we think about low iron, Not only does that affect our hair and our energy, but we know that low iron levels should not happen under normal conditions. So it's really important to determine Mm -hmm. the root cause of that. And that's what we would do in an initial consultation. Working with someone is trying to figure out the root cause. So why could ferritin levels be low? Mm -hmm. We know that that is not normal. So you were mentioning maybe you had some insight into one connection as to why iron would be too low. Well, a personal story is, I won't get into all the, the details, but I, I had a surgery. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty big surgery a while back, and there was a, quite a bit of blood loss mm-hmm. due to the surgery. So after the surgery, I was taking some supplements and some nutrients, and iron was one of them. Yeah. But I was just taking a little bit of iron. Mm-hmm. I think I was taking about, I don't know, 25, maybe 30 milligrams per day. Mm-hmm. And I was just really fatigued and brain fog and weak and I couldn't work out. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. putting two and two together that it might be. I had never really had low iron in my entire life. So I did get some labs done Mm -hmm. and the doctor said my iron was normal. Oh, And I didn't inquire further. But a few few weeks went by and then I called the office and I insisted on like getting the actual labs in yes, front of my face. Them. <laughs> yeah, because I had just kind of like gotten a verbal, your iron is normal. Yeah. Well, then I was scanning through my labs and I come to hemoglobin was normal. Yep. I came to ferritin. 
Well, technically, it was in that normal range. Because, mm. again, that range is 10 to 150. Pretty big range. Mine was 15. Oh, <laughs> okay. Not quite 70, so was, the ideal that we're looking for. It was pretty close to the, it was close to being 10, which is, mm-hmm. you know, considered low, but it was still in there. So the doctor said, oh, that's normal. And Shelby, I shared with you before the show how I was that person who would get home. I would pull into my driveway and I would sit at the bottom of the stairs yeah. before I would go. We have a split level. I would mm-hmm. have to sit there before I would go up the stairs. Kind of catch your energy back, catch your yeah. breath almost. So yeah. I started, I tripled my iron mm-hmm. and, you know, almost immediately I got my energy back. Wow. Very powerful. Yeah. When we look at the root cause of what's going on, we we can put together a plan to move forward. So when working with clients who have low ferritin levels, we'll help them with food ideas. It sounds like that was something you were already doing, but then we can also look a little bit deeper and see, well, actually one of the main reasons for low ferritin can be a hidden gut problem, meaning that Mm -hmm. any sort of gastrointestinal problem could be coming from a gluten sensitivity. So Stay with us. Cara and I are going to help you make this connection. But very often, people who have a gluten sensitivity also have a problem with malabsorption, meaning that they are not absorbing the nutrients from their foods or their supplements. So they can be nutrient deficient. So their hair follicles are not getting those nutrients. So this could be a time when you're working individually with a nutritionist to figure out okay, well, maybe it's the gluten grains that are interfering with the Hmm. absorption of the other good foods that I'm eating. So yeah, you may have to give up your pizza and your pasta, but you can have a full head of healthy hair. (laughs) So if someone has a gluten sensitivity and they didn't realize it and they were eating things like pizza and Mm -hmm. pasta, what you're saying is that that can do some damage to the intestinal tract and cause that malabsorption of other nutrients. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So another gastrointestinal problem that can lead to malabsorption, and this is very common, is that you might be low in stomach acid. Mm. Low stomach acid often occurs after people take acid-blocking medications for acid reflux. So like an omeprazole or even Tums or things that they're taking over-the-counter or prescription. Zantac, I think Uh another one. As an acid-blocking. Okay. Yeah, so so even the -the over-the-counter or prescription. So um, so a lot of people that have acid reflux, it's fairly easy to go to your doctor and get an acid blocker or just Mm -hmm. go into Walgreens and buy an over-the-counter. Yeah. When we're blocking that stomach acid, we are not able to break down and absorb a lot of nutrients, including protein, but also it's harder to absorb B vitamins. Mm -hmm. So we might be really low in some of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. as a result, hair loss can be a side effect of that acid blocker. Yeah. So generally, you know, it's not normal to experience gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and acid reflux. So these are really uh, gastrointestinal issues that should be addressed nutritionally. And again, get to that root cause Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not just rely on an acid blocker because there can be some pretty serious side effects. So what you're saying, Cara, is we are not deficient in Tums. We're not low in omeprazole. 
really right. what's going on is all of those GI problems, the gas, the bloating, the acid reflux, mm-hmm. that's actually related to a nutritional problem. Right. Maybe somebody's eating something that doesn't agree with them. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking it out of their diet, mm-hmm. they resort to taking a medication that can have a ton of other side effects. Yeah. And maybe they're going to lose their hair from that. Yeah. Even. Well, even we see that with bone health, too, with yeah. those acid blockers. But we know that if you're not treating the underlying cause of those nutrient deficiencies, whether it's iron or calcium or you know vitamin D, you can take a supplement, but no doubt you're going to continue to be deficient, right? We have to really understand what's going on at the root of that problem. So one of the other symptoms that some of my clients with low ferritin experience is weight gain. And maybe you're asking yourself, well, why weight gain? Well, low levels of ferritin reduces thyroid hormone production. And if your thyroid hormone production falls, of course, we know your metabolism is going to suffer. So it's really important to see that a deficiency in just one mineral can affect your hair growth, but it can also affect your metabolism and your energy. So it does really make sense to get to that root cause of why would you be deficient in some of these nutrients? And on Dishing Up Nutrition, we often talk about the symptoms that people experience when, they're, when they have a gluten sensitivity. So if someone has a gluten sensitivity or celiac disease, um, which is the more extreme version of a gluten sensitivity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they continue eating foods that have gluten, their body responds by attacking basically attacking the small intestines. Mm -hmm. And so the result is nutrient deficiencies since a lot of the absorption in our body occurs in the small intestinal tract. Yeah. So there might be deficiencies in a lot of the B vitamins like B1, which is thiamine Mm -hmm. or B12 having low vitamin C and being deficient in that can contribute to hair loss. Yeah. So Cara, with, with our last little bit of time here on the show, maybe we should just recap. So foods to eat to support hair regrowth would be protein. Mm-hmm. What would be some foods to avoid? Uh, foods to avoid, I would say sugar. We didn't touch on that too mm-hmm. much, but sugar and for a lot of people, gluten People are thinking, thank goodness they didn't talk about sugar again. I know, right? They always talk about sugar. Throw that in at the end. (laughs) But sugar and gluten (laughs) and some of the key nutrients that we had mentioned before. So, our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message eating real food is life changing. Thank you so much for listening this morning, and I hope you have a wonderful hair day.